So which Ducks prospects should we keep an eye on? I'll tell you on these three fantastic nights and four glorious days on this Locked On Ducks cruise. Uh, Okay, not really. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Ducks. It's Thursday. It's not exactly Locked on Goals, but we are going to talk about prospects today. Hi, I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Let's get right into it. We've got some prospects to talk about because there is still some action in the major junior leagues this coming weekend. Now, there are some prospects that I guess... They they had a disappointing postseason in juniors. One of those then came to San Diego. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's talk about the prospects that are actually... Oh, look at the prospects as a whole in general. Because this prospect pool that the Ducks have is still one of the best in the entire league. Yeah, one of the best. I mean, you start with the goals. You start with Jacob Perot, who... You know, he didn't have the best playoff, but he was still there. Braden Tracy, Jacob Perot, they were both there. Kind of floundered a little bit towards the end of the season, but they were there. Lukash Dostal. Now, I do have a little bit of an update on Dostal for those of you that are keeping track. So Dostal did play one game at the IIHF Worlds. This was over the past week. He is representing Chechia. So that's where Dostal's playing. However... Dostal has been out of the lineup due to a lower body injury. Their next game is on Saturday. So for those of you that are watching the Worlds, just keep in mind that Dostal was out last game and he's been out with a lower body injury. So we don't know if he's going to be coming back. I don't. It, it sounds like there's not too much concern there. And they're hoping that he will come back for, I guess it'd be Saturday's game. Yeah, that's what they're hoping for. So we will see in the coming days, hours, whether he returns or not. So that's those updates. And then we've got some other updates as far as the juniors. So there was one prospect that I mentioned that didn't get to play a whole lot as far as juniors. And that, unfortunately, is Olin Zellweger. So Zellweger has been an interesting case that I will talk about, but he is no longer playing. He is done for the season. That's a shame. That is a damn shame. Let's get to some of the guys that are playing right now, though. And I have to start with the obvious prospect, the number three overall selection in last year's draft, Mason McTavish. Mason McTavish right now has been on one recently. He is going to play Friday and also on Sunday. That is right. Mason McTavish is still going strong with Hamilton. As of right now, he has got, I mean, he's just putting up points like crazy. Mason McTavish being one of the stars of juniors right now. And this after playing nine games with the Anaheim Ducks recently. And he was named the player of the week last month. Mason McTavish right now doing very well with the Hamilton Bulldogs. They do play 
a couple of playoff games. So they are they are still in it. They're still in it. They did have an emotional overtime victory last weekend against Mississauga. So that helped advance them. They then play against, you ready for this? The North Bay Battalion. They have a playoff series against them very soon, might I add. So let's see what happens with that lineup. I'm I'm pretty sure that Hamilton could take them. They have been pretty strong. They had that great series against Peterborough. Yeah. Mason McTavish played against his old team in Peterborough, and they won that series. In fact, they swept that series. Then you had the series that was very, very competitive, and this was against the Mississauga Steelheads. That one had a flair for the dramatic, as they also swept that series in four. But man, what a series that was. What a dramatic series that ended in overtime. That's right. The Hamilton Bulldogs won in overtime. That completed the sweep. And by the way, Mason McTavish did have a a nice shorty in that game. Yeah, Mason McTavish with the shorty beauty on that last game. So far in these playoffs, Mason McTavish has five points, two goals, three assists. And it will continue this weekend against a North Bay Battalion. So we'll see what comes of that series. I sincerely think that Hamilton has a decent shot. For those of you keeping track, this is a best of seven series, and I will do my best to update that series as much as possible. Hamilton plays North Bay. Game one is Friday night. Game two is Sunday. Then games three and four will be next Wednesday and next Friday. And then we'll have games five, six, and seven, if necessary, going into Memorial Day weekend. So we still got some action. We got we got to see how Mason McTavish does with Hamilton on that series. So far, he's looked pretty good. And having this experience for McTavish is nothing but great for him. Nothing but great. So let, let's see what happens on that series, right? Yeah. Another prospect that I definitely want to keep an eye on this weekend is none other than Gage Alexander. So Gage Alexander has been playing recently with the Winnipeg Ice. They are still in it. In fact, the Winnipeg Ice, they've looked pretty good with Gage Alexander on net. And I'll go even further. Gage Alexander is someone that I've personally been very impressed with. He's a big-bodied goaltender. He is tall. He's also pretty flexible, too. I mean, watching him last year on the rook, like the little rookie camp they had in Arizona, seeing the open practice. He's just got good movement, but he and he is very fluid. But he's still only 19 years old, guys. He's young. He is still developing. Let me repeat that for everybody in the back. He's only 19 years old. He turns 20 in a couple of months. So this would be his last season in juniors. With the Winnipeg Ice, he had a 240 goals against a 911 save percentage, but the Winnipeg Ice in general are still a solid team. In fact, Gage Alexander, I think, has had a couple of highlight reel saves this season, and I'm a little bit surprised that Winnipeg is still in it because I know they weren't the favorites 
I mean, there was one team that was favored in the playoffs for the WHL this season, and they're out of it. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that later, kind of along the same lines. But yeah, they're out of it. So that leaves Gage Alexander with the Winnipeg Ice. He hasn't played in the playoffs. I mean, he's been out. But still, to see Gage Alexander just doing well with the Winnipeg this season in general has been nothing but good. And I've, I've liked watching him play. So there you go. Last time that Gage played was about last month. And then he went out. And he hasn't played since April 12th. But you know what? He's still been impressive in general. And once he comes back, once he comes back, I think he might wind up playing in San Diego. Assuming that he's still in the system. He'd be 20 next year. Ah, there we go. Oh, we also have Kyle Kukkonen, who right now is playing in juniors. He's a Michigan Tech commit, so that should be fun. And we also have someone else that I haven't really mentioned a whole lot on this podcast, but someone that I should start mentioning more because he's been slowly getting better, and that's Tyson Hines. Tyson Hines right now playing, playing pretty well. Actually, he was with Ramuski with Sherbrooke. And right now, Tyson Hines, I think, is one of those just kind of interesting guys that probably will wind up probably in the AHL. I mean, I do see some great hands on him. He's got good hands. He's also young. He's also very, very young. Do I think he will get out of Sherbrooke and get out of the playoffs? Probably. I mean, he's got some great moves. I mean, skating's good, but I I look at the puck handling. I look at the hands. I look at the defense. I mean, he's a very responsible defensive player for Sherbrooke. He's got two points these playoffs. So, I mean, that's looking pretty good so far. All right. We're going to head into the first intermission, talk a little bit more about these prospects, and then go into a discussion about coaching. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, everybody's favorite protein bar. And thanks to Built for sending me these amazing birthday cake white chocolate Built Puffs that are amazing. I mean, I still love the churro flavor, but these ones are just as good. So if you want to try them for yourself, head to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up after the first admission, we're going to talk some more prospects. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez, and I'm going to peel back the curtain here. So we've been having a lot of issues with uploading episodes and making sure that they are uploaded properly. And just to really peel back, we've been getting a lot of bad audio messages. So episodes don't exactly go up when we want them to. So while I am hoping this goes up Thursday night, That might not happen, so this might be a doubleheader with Friday's episode. So just want to get that out there. I mean, we've been having, I mean, just, yeah, we've been having some issues with the video side, the audio side. There's just been a lot of weird stuff going on. So we are trying our best to get all these episodes out on a regular basis. Some teams are having it pretty easy. Some other 
of the podcast are having way more trouble than I am. So, you know, just bear with us. You know, we're still going to try to get episodes out every day, especially looking at the prospects. I mean, I, I've i kind of not talked about the Ducks enough this month because there's been no Ducks hockey, but I've talked a lot about AHL because the goals were in it. And I certainly want to talk a lot about the prospects because they're still in it. And some of these prospects are super promising. I've talked about McTavish enough on this podcast. I want to talk about Tyson Hines for a hot minute because he's still in it. As I recorded this, um, I realized that the game was going on early afternoon. So I actually like watched like some of it. And hey, you know what? Sure. The the Phoenix, the Sherbrooke Phoenix, like whatever you want to call them, they advanced. They swept their round. Tyson Hines now has two points on this postseason so far. So we're going to see more of Tyson Hines as well. They beat up on the Armada and swept them. So that means that we are now going to see more of Tyson Hines as well. Uh, We don't know who they're going to play yet. We don't have a schedule for that next series yet because there are still a couple of other series that we kind of have to look at and say, well, who's going to play who? We still don't know. There is still the Ramuski Quebec series. That's going to determine who plays next. So we'll see. By the way, Ramuski and Quebec, one of those teams. Yeah. Can you imagine if Sherbrooke plays Ramuski in the next round? Tyson Hines playing against his old team. That could be fun. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun. So. Let's let's see what what happens there. So we got Tyson Hines, uh, Sasha Pastudov. I mean, he's been playing with Guelph. They're now out, but Pastudov had a great season with Guelph, scoring above, averaging above a point a game for Guelph. He's been amazing. He's been amazing for Guelph, and one of those guys that just has amazing hands. I like Sasha Pastudov's game a lot. I have fairly high hopes, but I also have to temper my expectations. I mean, as we all do, like we've all done this where we say, oh, this prospect's going to be amazing. He's going to save the team. He's going to help. No, let's pump the brakes. Sasha's good. Is he good enough to make the Ducks eventually? Probably. I would say his ceiling is maybe, I would say third, fourth line. If he winds up being a terrific depth piece for the Ducks, I certainly would welcome that with open arms. He doesn't have the ceiling that a McTavish does. I mean, McTavish's ceiling, McTavish could be a top six player. He's been dominant. He's been very dominant. We saw some glimpses when he was playing in Anaheim. We certainly saw some glimpses when he had his little rehab stint with the AHL, and we're definitely seeing it this season in juniors, and it's going to continue. I cannot wait to see what McTavish does in these playoffs. I really cannot wait to see what McTavish does on Friday, and especially Sunday. Really can't wait. So let's let's see what happens with McTavish. That's kind of my thoughts on those players. There's one player that I've purposely left out and I was saving him for the end. And this has to do kind of going like locked on goals here. The last player that I left out is Olin Zellweger. So the reason I've left him out is he's had an interesting month and a half. And let's start back on April 11th, April 10th, April 11th, where Olin Zellweger was 
out. He he was pretty much out. He was on a stretcher. He had to leave the ice. It was very, very scary. And this brought a lot of concern among Ducks fans. Like, oh, man, this is one of their best prospects. And all of a sudden, this happens. I mean, look, when you have 78 points in 55 games, yeah, it's amazing. It's a steal in the in the grand scheme of things. That was a steal. And then to see him go out like that, but to see him come back and say, you know what, I'm going to play down here in San Diego. And he had a great first game. Great first game. I've talked about it. Olin Zellweger got his first professional point. It was a big deal to him. He was the only one celebrating that goal because the goals were about to lose. But great to see the look on his face when they scored that goal. And I loved seeing Zellweger celebrate because he knew it was a big deal to him. And then he gets sat out in game two of that series. He gets sat out. WTH. Yeah. I will talk more about that after the second intermission. Let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. The Stanley Cup playoffs are going on right now, and you've got four terrific series happening, including the Battle of Florida and the Battle of Alberta. And you have the NBA playoffs the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics, and the Golden State Warriors versus the Dallas Mavericks. How about that? So if you want to check out the latest lines, then head over to Bet Online right now on your mobile device or on your laptop. Once again, Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, which is under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. And that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez. And I will give my shout out here to the Mad Hat Hucksters, who are a local San Diego band. Do check them out there on Instagram, as far as I know. All right. So I got asked this a couple of times over the past couple of weeks about my thoughts on Joel Bouchard who recently got ousted by the Anaheim Ducks. He is no longer the San Diego Goals coach, in case you missed it. And so was the coaching staff. So the entire coaching staff is now gone from San Diego. So what were my thoughts on Joel Bouchard? My actual thoughts. Okay. Some of it was his fault. A lot of it was not his fault as far as the goals limping towards the finish line. March was a weird time for the Ducks organization. They were selling. They got rid of a bunch of guys, some of which are still in the playoffs. Actually, no, I take that back. Only one, one of which is still in the playoffs. The rest of them are out. I mean, Ricard Raquel, he's done. Pittsburgh did not advance. Kasha from a couple years ago, he didn't advance in spectacular fashion. Yeah, there was that. A lot of these guys that the Ducks traded away and they're not playing except for one. And that is Josh Manson. And I will talk much more about Josh Manson on tomorrow's Friday's podcast. 
So, yeah, check that out. That meant that there was going to be guys moving up from San Diego to Anaheim. And I can't say that I blame Joel Bouchard for doing what he did with the rosters and making some weird pairings and making some weird lines. This kind of turned into a makeshift roster because the goals were still dealing with injuries and now they had guys that they were going to lose for the rest of the season because the Ducks had to trade away most of their core. I get that. The Ducks have a plethora of picks. But the job that Joel Bouchard did over the last month, that left some head scratchers. There were some questionable lineups that he put out there and that resulted in a 1-9-3 record for the last month of the regular season. If you count the two playoff games, 1-10-4. One win in 15 games. That ain't going to cut it. That means he lost 14 of his last 15 games. You know how it felt covering that goals team and just seeing them lose game after game. It was hard. It was really hard. And it was also getting harder to defend Joel Bouchard, who I thought had a pretty good run. He had a pretty decent start to the season. The tangent between him and John Robleski, who was the coach of the Ontario Reign, was a little bit similar, got off to a slow start, getting used to the systems, getting used to some things, and he kind of got into a bit of a groove and then just lost it. As far as Pat Verbeek, the GM of the Anaheim Ducks, I mean, he felt like he underperformed. And they need to go in a different direction, which is exactly what's happening. The Ducks are going in a different direction. The questionable decisions on the stretch. Benching the younger guys. I mean, down the stretch, he benched younger guys, including one Olin Zellweger, who I mentioned last in the previous segment. Zellweger looked improved towards the end of game one. Now, there may have been some concern because he did have that nasty injury in April. And then he comes back and plays. Joel Bouchard said that he wanted to protect the kid. And he also wanted to employ a different looking lineup. Some more veteran leadership. Zellweger was fine. He was fine. He even had the awareness to avoid a couple of big hits. And he looked really good in doing so. (sighs) Myself and John Broadbent from Defend the Nest, we questioned the defensive schemes of Joel Bouchard, especially towards the end of the season. What the goals needed was more offense, and they did not get it. Sitting Zellweger felt like the coup de grace, so to speak. This might have been a nail in the coffin for Joel Bouchard, And he did have trouble with some of the younger guys towards the end of the season. It wasn't a good look. And I said to myself, huh, I've seen this before. Where have I seen this before? Oh, right. Down in Anaheim. With Dallas Eakins benching the younger guys and look what happened. Their newest prospect. Picked up a point and was healthy scratched to protect the kid. Yeah. That, that was the nail in the coffin. As for the last month of goals hockey, it's not a good look when you back into a playoff spot. And was there some celebrating? Yeah, just a little bit. And it's, it's really confounding to me. Because Joel Bouchard, and by the way, thanks to Laura for this, 
he's credited with being a new mentality coach, which he is. At the time, we thought it was a breath of fresh air to have some new blood joining the San Diego Goals, having a new mentality. And then he reverts back to his old ways towards the end of the season. So, you know, what direction did he want to take this team? It was two different directions during the season. And he did revert back to an old school mentality towards the end of the season. That's not what you need for this young team. That is not what you need for these prospects. So I do understand why Pat Verbeek decided, you know what, we need a clean house and get a new coaching staff and try again next season. Plus, there's going to be some decisions as to who comes back to San Diego, who leaves, who stays, which veterans are going to come back. You've got to think that Trevor Carrick is probably going to come back because Sam Carrick is back with the Anaheim Ducks. He did sign that contract. So it looks like Sam Carrick is going to stick around for a while. And you know what? Good for him. I like Sam Carrick a lot. I'm very glad that Sam Carrick signed that extension for two years. And it's a very cap-friendly contract. Two years, $1.7 million, so $850,000 per season. And, you know, if any, in my opinion, if anybody deserves it, it's the former goals captain, Sam Carrick, deserving of a pretty decent payday because most of his career had been spent in the minor leagues. He played 64 games in Anaheim this season. That more than doubles his career total. So he actually got paid this year, not AHL pay, NHL pay this last season. And I thought he was very deserving of having a pretty decent payday. Then you've got some other guys like Jerry Mayhew. Is he going to come back to San Diego? How about Vinny Letary? Is he going to come back? That's going to be a big decision. There's a couple other guys that I think are going to have to be dealt with. Jacob Larson, is he going to come back? In San, is he going to be okay with staying in San Diego or is he going to try to seek an NHL contract somewhere else? Jack Badini, we don't know if he's going to come back. Lucas Elvinus, that's going to be an interesting one. And Buddy Robinson, we don't know if he's going to come back. But the defensive core, that's going to be really interesting to see which players come back and which ones do not. All of these guys are free agents that I'm about to list. Jacob Larson, Simon Benoit, yeah, he's a free agent, Brendan Gooley, Trevor Carrick, Greg Patteron, Brogan Rafferty. The only couple guys that are assured to come back next season, John Moore and Olin Zellweger. Oh yeah, there's Axel Anderson too, and that's it. That is it. Defense is going to have to be rejiggered a little bit on this goal team. And you know they're going to be shopping around this offseason. I mean, this is something that Pat Verbeek does look at. He looks at the minors as well. He goes down to San Diego goals games. He sees what's going on down there. So I know he's going to be looking at some defensive prospects and looking at maybe some veteran leadership this coming season. So it's going to be really fascinating to see who comes to San Diego as far as defense this coming year. All right, but it's going to be with a new coach. It's going to be with a new coaching staff. I mean, 
there's so many question marks. I can't wait to see what Pat Verbeek does with both the Ducks and especially the goals. We'll see what happens. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will be back and talk about playoffs, not for the Ducks, but we're going to talk about playoffs tomorrow, and I'm going to gush about Josh Manson tomorrow. I already know I am, folks. (laughs) It's going to happen. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Go ahead and make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. Okay, that is all. Thank you all so much for your continued support, especially over the last month. It's been a tough month for me personally. So just want to thank you all for your continued, continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.